Hey, Sober Girls. Every life choice you make has an impact, and some choices are just easier than others. An easy choice for me has been adding Exact Nature CBD into my daily routine. Exact Nature's products can help curb cravings while promoting the positive changes in mood, focus, and my favorite, sleep. These are all part of getting and staying sober. They're available in oils, soft gels, and gummies, and in varying strengths and formulas. What I love most about Exact Nature is I know the quality is top tier and safe because their products are made by people in recovery for people in recovery. Go to exactnature.com to get 20% off your order. Use code SOBERGIRL20 at checkout. Being positive is a choice. Exact Nature just makes it easier. Welcome to a Sober Girl's Guide podcast, a lifestyle podcast based on sobriety and recovery. I'm your host and sober girl, Jessica Jabot. Inspired by my own sobriety and wellness journey, I want to spread the wealth of knowledge. Tune in each week for uncensored conversations about mental health, self-development, wellness and spirituality, and how they influence each guest's unique recovery journey. My goal is to educate and inspire and to let you know you are not alone on your recovery journey. Thanks so much for tuning in to a Sober Girls Guide podcast. Let's go. Hello, hello, and welcome to episode 172 of a Sober Girls Guide podcast. On today's episode, I chat with the fabulous Emily Rudow. She is an author. She is a writer. She is a world record holder for running a half marathon for 74 days in a row. Emily is also a sober girl. She knows a couple things about commitment, consistency, and habits, and how to keep them and how to keep them in a sustainable way. On this episode, we talk all about sustainability, habits, breaking habits, and creating new ones. This is such a fantastic conversation, so let's get into it. Hi, Emily. M. Can I call you M? Do you like Yes, M? please. Yeah, I cool. love M. Perfect. How are you doing today? I'm good. It's nice and hot and humid. Very yeah. Good. I'm sure you know as well. <laughs> oh, yeah. It. Just everyone's trying to track down an AC unit and just really settling into the heat. Loving it. (laughs) So listen, Em, you are like multi half hyphenated, like you're kind of a big deal. I was doing some research on you. You have like a really great blog. You have a fantastic book, Find Your Stride. And like, Tell me about this world record holding situation. Like you ran half marathon for 74 days in a row. Is that right? Yeah, it feels like forever ago now. (laughs) It was like in 2017. Um, But yeah, I had originally set a goal to um, break the world record for the most consecutive half marathons run by a a cisgender woman. Uh, The record at the time was 60. So I set an ambitious goal. Of 70. Um, and then I also wanted to raise money for the Canadian Cancer Society as well. I set a goal of $10,000 to raise in conjunction with the challenge. Um, and then, yeah, I hit day 70 and uh, decided to go for four more. Well, what's days. four more? You know, yeah, they're always like, why is 70 
74, like, it just felt like after 74, I was just like, okay, I'm done now. I have to get back to real life. I just had to round it out like a nice even 74 yeah it's not even that whole like, 75 100 maybe would be like a nice like way to round it off but no just 74 it's fine <laughs> wow so you like smashed that record that's like I'm always so astounded especially by athletes like I mean, I, I want, I want to get into this about, about like your, your running and, and your commitment and uh, your consistency around that. But I also want to talk about your relationship with alcohol. So how do you identify in terms of your relationship with alcohol? Um, so I'm sober now. I've okay. been sober for a year and a half. Um, I think the past three years, I've really just kind of cut back. I drank a lot in my 20s mm-hmm. um, a lot. yeah I was living in downtown Toronto just like my lifestyle was very much um going out and then just things changed when I turned 30 um I always joke that I literally became a senior citizen um when I turned 30 and um I guess alcohol just didn't fit in my lifestyle anymore and just didn't interest me so yeah, yeah I, I don't have um relationship with alcohol anymore at all nice and how like, you, you say that like once you turn 30 and I totally understand like that's when the wheels kind of got turning with me. It's something that happens in your 30s. And my friends actually have a podcast about it called Almost 30. And okay. if you haven't listened to that podcast, it's like absolutely fantastic. And what these women have done is mind blowing. They're, they're incredible. Um, but there's something that happens in your thirties as a woman. And, and it's like, okay, we're not really playing around anymore. Like you're not in your twenties anymore. We're in like drinking and blacking out and, you know, acting, acting a fool was like funny or like cool or, or trendy. Um, it's like this time where it's like this, this almost like initiation, like, okay, this like segue into womanhood or like kind of a like maturing, situation is that kind of what you felt for yourself I mean you say grandma but (laughs) (laughs) yeah it was that but also um I just I felt like alcohol was doing me no favors in my life anymore it wasn't adding anything I kept setting like more ambitious goals and it just kept detracting from my energy um Mm. my hangovers that I'm sure a lot of people can relate to as you get older were just like exponentially worse um, I went through a few like pretty um, toxic relationships and really struggled with that. So um, yeah, I just found that drinking made the getting over those relationships exponentially worse. Yeah, um, it was like kind of like clockwork, and I, the anxiety was was real. Um, yeah. And it just I wanted to be able to cope with my emotions in a healthy way, really feel them, let them let them go. Um, yeah. Yeah. Alcohol is just, it was a numbing agent that I used a lot, um, my twenties. And I, you know, believe that it actually helped me relax and, Mm -hmm. um, that it would, you know, help me like feel better, but it really just made everything worse. So yeah. <laughs> yeah. It just kind of puts everything on hold, right? Like it doesn't mm-hmm. really allow you to process. It's not, I mean, I was just, before we jumped on, on this call, I was just listening to, um, Glennon Doyle's podcast episode with Chelsea Handler. Oh. Um, oh my gosh. It was so good. It was, 
it was intense because like she was just talking about her break. I mean, coincidentally, she was talking about her breakup with Mm -hmm. Joe Coy and how she actually touched on, you know, she's a huge advocate for like marijuana and edibles. And like, she's all like funny and silly about them, but she actually touched on it and said, much like alcohol or any, any, anything else outside of ourselves that we constantly reach for. Um, she was like, I just, just not interested in reaching for it, you know, dealing and really feeling these emotions, like, because it was pretty public. And I think it's safe to say for her, I think she said it was like one of the first times that she's really been in love with someone. And the repercussions of those emotions when it ends is really intense and really uncomfortable. Mm-hmm. Um, and so using a substance like alcohol or like gummies or pot or whatever, whatever you reach for, um, she was just like, I'm just not feeling it anymore. It wasn't giving me the same reward or the same like feedback. Did you find that with alcohol? Yeah, you just you build like such a like a formidable tolerance too, and it just the yeah. effects don't even work anymore. So even if you drink more and more, it's just, it just doesn't do anything. It doesn't have the once like euphoric effect that it once did, and it's, yeah. it's not fun anymore. It's it just like makes you feel like crap, and um, it just like as you were saying, like it just puts kind of like the emotions on hold, and then just mm. makes it harder to deal with and. Yeah, breakups breakups are kind of like at least for me they're like the most intense Mm -hmm. um, emotions that I feel, and it is really uncomfortable to sit with those feelings sober and dealing with them sober. But um, I think like for me, journaling really helped um, Mm. with sobriety too. But um, just with getting through those emotions and really feeling them and letting it out and giving myself time to like cry and then you know, doing things Mm. that brought me like real joy and really actually helped me, um, relieve anxiety and stress in a healthy way, like running and reading and just rekindling like simple joys and pleasures in life. And I feel like alcohol really stripped that away from me. Like it just didn't make things that I once loved so much when I was like younger. It just didn't, Mm. it just, nothing seemed as fun as drinking. So it was like, it wasn't, I don't know if do you know what I mean? Like it was just yes. It almost like it overcomplicates things. Mm-hmm. We think I think I don't know about you, but like I see this all the time. People are so concerned about having fun, mm-hmm. and like everything has to be like just that next level of like fun or like heightened. And it's like, okay, well, how are we going to get there? What if I'm not having fun? Well, what do I do? What if they're not having fun? It's like oh. Mm-hmm like cue the alcohol because that's gonna guarantee a good time Mm -hmm. maybe yeah maybe yes yeah um and and it's hard because for sometimes it has worked right Mm -hmm. like sometimes alcohol has helped deal with emotions or has helped have it like a better funner time or like brought on more uh parts like I don't know, pieces of joy in our lives, but, um, it makes it just way more difficult than it has to be Mm -hmm. like a hell yes or a hell no. No, exactly. And just, I felt like alcohol just made everything, all experiences kind of like, there's just like a sense of sameness. 
Like there was always ah. just, there was like, it was just always the same. You're just, I don't know. Yeah. And when I went sober for prolonged periods, I went to these like same things, like a baseball game, for example. And I was yeah. like, I used to have so much fun at those. And then going sober, I was like, it's not like I need alcohol like to enhance it. It's just, I don't like baseball. <laughs> you know what I mean? It's just like, I just don't like this, but going, like, oh, should like, I appetite. don't want to be here. <laughs> no, exactly. But like me going out to like for drinks or like appetizers and then just like yeah. getting a diet Coke or water and just enjoying appetizers and a really good conversation with someone I really like, like I don't need alcohol to enhance that experience. Like you just really get a lot of joy and um, fulfillment out of that experience, just a connection, you know? So totally. Uh, yeah. It's so funny how we like try and convince ourselves like to go and do things and go and have fun. Like alcohol, I mean, is, is a tool of connection for a lot of people. Yeah, it is. So how did you, like, I, I, I hear that like, you know, alcohol has worked for you in the past or it, it was working for you in the past how did you kind of break that connection with alcohol? Yeah. So I'm not sure if you've read the book, um, the snake in mind by Annie Grace. Have you read that mm. one? Um, that was really what changed it for me. Um, mm. and I think, so in my twenties, I used to do like, as I'm sure a lot of people have done the 30 day so sobriety challenges. Yeah. And I think with those, I would, I would just do it like every January. It was like my tradition. I would go 30 days sober, but I found it like first few weeks really good because I was like, okay, I'm doing a cleanse from like overindulgence in the holidays. But then a lot or two sure. weeks, I'd be like craving drinks. I, I genuinely mm. felt like I was like missing out. Yeah. Um, and then I celebrate by drinking <laughs> like, <laughs> it's like day 30. I'm going to like have a beer yeah. to celebrate or several in my case. Um, yeah. And yeah, I think for me, um, as I, I guess like, as I like drank more, I was, I was work, working at a digital agency downtown Toronto going out all the time. And mm -hmm. I just found like, I went through like a, a few really hard periods in my life, um, where I had like panic attacks, mental breakdown. This was, um, during a period where it was like, self-employed just kind of like the beginning of being self-employed yeah and trying to navigate that and everything um which is so stressful I think, yeah yeah so I read yeah exactly and I think for me like this naked mind um and how she talks about spontaneous sobriety and really just presents the case um how alcohol really doesn't do anything for you and that mm. you're not really missing out that was like the, the key for me is to realize that like being sober is not it's not this, this sense of deprivation anymore. It's not yeah. truly missing out on something. It's like, I'm not missing out on anything. It's like the sense of freedom and this realization that being sober is like a gift. It's amazing. It's something that we were when we were kids. Like we were totally. so we just enjoy everything. Like why yeah. is it in society that we like need a drug to just be able to like live our lives? It's just to go out for dinner or like to enjoy yeah. ourselves. Yeah. Yeah, to enhance good, already good memories or like help us through like alcohol is not a friend. Like it's, it is a poison, like literally ethanol. So right. it's just that realization for me, that was like the most powerful book. And yeah. um, I think for me, at, when I turned 30, that's when I started doing longer periods of sobriety. Okay. So I took 
I think we can all agree that anxiety is so 2023. Say peace out to anxiety and overwhelm with chill vibe gummies. Made with ashwagandha root, L-theanine, GABA, chamomile flower, and lemon balm, these gluten-free, vegan, non-GMO gummies are the perfect way to change your vibe naturally, and most importantly, safely. Whenever I tried medication for my anxiety, I was always hit with extreme side effects that made me feel paranoid or just completely numbed of all emotions, the good and the bad. Chill Vibe Gummies make you feel like you, just minus the anxiety. Go to vibegummies.com to get your gummies today. That's V-I-B-E gummies.com. The first big thing I was training for a hundred mile event and I didn't, I just wanted, it was just, it's so much mental training while you need physical training for sure. Um, I just wanted to, you know, have a clear mind. So I took three or four months off drinking alcohol and during that was like a few months, I just realized such immense benefits. Mm. Um, and then I just kept, I, I just stopped drinking, um, regularly. And whenever I did drink, it would just be like, again, like the hangovers would be so much worse, mm. even just a few pints. And I would be hungover for like two days. And I was like, what is going on? Cause I feel like if you, if you drink regularly, it's fine because your body like builds like a tolerance against the poison. But totally. <laughs> but if yeah. you, it's like just ad hoc, you're, especially <laughs> if you start eating healthier and like exercising, your body's like, what are you putting into me? Like, and it's just like, no, yeah. <laughs> at least like for me. Rejects again. It. It's like, yeah. This does not compute. <laughs> <laughs> no, totally. Um, so after that, yeah, I, I would take longer periods. And then I got into another relationship with my partner at the time drank. And although she never really like overtly pressured me, um, mm-hmm. I kind of felt like guilty not drinking with her in a sense. Um, oh, interesting. Just, like, yeah. Like we'd go out and I just, she'd be like almost like disappointed if I didn't drink wow. with her. And then, yeah, like, although she like said she was supportive, yeah. I feel like it was kind of like me deciding not to drink was almost like she was taken as like a reflection of her and her choices, which I think a lot mm. of people do as well. Um, totally. Your sobriety personally, which is very strange, but I don't know if, if you've experienced that as well, Jess. <laughs> yeah. 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 Totally. And I think it's like, well, I mean, like I said before, we've like, are as a society, you know, grabbing drinks and, and drinking is like a, a way to build connection right mm-hmm. and so like if someone's drinking and the other person isn't right off the bat you're going to be on different levels right mm-hmm. if the person continues to keep drinking like those it's just going to keep separating you're going to compl- like you're just striking a divide as, as you go as, as you're drinking and as you're not drinking and so that you, you get that disconnect it's, it's not, it's not like, oh, I'm disappointed in you. It's like, oh, I personally see it as like, well, I want to, I want you to do the same thing that I'm doing. So we're both on the same page and we're both, you know, at the same level, mm-hmm. because if we're not, that means we're different. And then that difference could be scary. Yeah, no, exactly. Yeah. Uh, so, I mean, it yeah. happens all the time. It happens like, you know, in, in relationships all the time, like, you know, someone's husband or partner could like not want them to not drink because they're terrified that that's going to change the dynamic of their relationship. Mm-hmm. And honestly, it does. It can. Yeah. No, yeah. for sure. Yeah. But not in a bad way. Mm-hmm. Right. Like it's just going to be different. And I think just 
just something being different is terrifying to a lot of people because change is scary. It is. Yeah. 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 Very, very, yeah, very true. Yeah. Um, <clears throat> but yeah, so I guess like just to kind of expedite back to my, yeah. I guess, 1.5 years sobriety. So um, it's kind of a long story, but I'll give you the Coles Notes version. Um, basically, I, I, I mentioned I was living in Toronto for 10 years and then I started yeah. dating someone in Calgary and then I moved out there. Um, didn't work out. So I moved home. So I was living back with my parents, with my parents at age 32 trying to figure out my next moves and um during that time I just went through like a lot of um, hard emotions and that's when I was like you know what I need to do uh, take another prolonged um break off drinking yeah so I said that and I <clears throat> do a lot of my own self-experiments when I want to try different lifestyles or different yeah. um, this episode is sponsored by better help A common misconception about relationships is that they have to be easy to be right. But sometimes the best ones happen when you put the work in to make them great. Therapy can be a place to work through the challenges you face in all your relationships, whether with your friends, work, your significant other, or most importantly, yourself. My biggest fear is that I was unlovable, that something was just not good enough or deserving of love. My therapist has helped me to see that my thoughts are not necessarily the truth. Therapy has helped me overcome these limiting beliefs that were keeping me in unhealthy patterns in my life. We are our own worst critic, and I love that my therapist reminds me of how far I have come. If you're thinking of starting therapy, give BetterHelp a try. It's entirely online, designed to be convenient, flexible, and suited to your schedule. Just fill out the brief questionnaire to get matched with a licensed therapist and switch therapists at any time for no additional charge. Become your own soulmate, whether you're looking for one or not. Visit betterhelp.com A-S-G-G today to get 10% off your first month. That's betterhelp.com slash A-S-G-G. Yeah, different diets or training or anything. Um, so I decided to do a six-month alcohol-free uh, experiment and write about it on my blog, share my experience. Yeah. Um, and after six months, I just, it's funny, like the longer I go, the more I don't miss it. Mm. So there was a few times where, um, I don't know, I had like just some older reminders, but it wasn't so much um, that alcohol I missed but it was just kind of like a trigger like almost like an automatic response um because mm. I used to drink in those situations but yeah um, after just acknowledging that it was just something in my past I was able to like move past it um but then I decided to move to Vancouver okay <laughs> um that summer so it, it's interesting because I don't have a t- I didn't know a ton of people out here I have some old colleagues but it's basically like starting from scratch so yeah. the people I've met here they know me as sober they don't know me as like my past name. So, um, yeah, they're just like, when I tell them about how it was when I was in my twenties and like yeah. people in my twenties know I like used to party hard. <laughs> um, they like can't, they can't fathom it. They're like, yeah. what? <laughs> seriously? <laughs> like, I can't imagine you because like, I don't drink, I don't do drugs. I don't do anything. So yeah. yeah um, it's just funny, but yeah. So after the six months, I decided to go for a year and then a year just, something just happened where I just, I just realized that I don't, 
I don't ever want to go back. I don't think like, I just don't have the desire to. And yeah. the people I surround myself here, um, they're just very much into the same type of lifestyle as me, like very active. Um, I like my mornings, like my morning routine. And um, I like the book I wrote last year. I wouldn't have been able to do that if I mm. drank at all. I don't think, cause it just hindered my creativity despite what. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, it, it actually hindered it quite a bit. So, and my self-discipline. It's hard to write a book. Like, it's it takes a lot of discipline and commitment. Yeah, you can't do you that shit hungover. Yeah. Yeah, I know. You definitely exactly. cannot do that shit hungover. It is not fun. <laughs> no, no. Um, so, so, yeah, I guess, like, now being a year and a half, I have, like, I've made, like, a great group of friends and... Mm-hmm all of them like no one's like completely sober like me but they all none of them are like really go out and party like every single weekend and live like an older lifestyle they just have like a few casual drinks and but they're totally fine they don't like make me feel bad they just know that I don't drink they still invite me to like parties and gatherings that's one thing that I found when I was in Toronto um is I did lose friends I lost I didn't Mm. get invited out um to concerts even like I love live music but yeah. I had one friend that told me she, she like went to a concert with one of like my favorite artists I was like why did you invite me she's like oh I just because I didn't think you'd have fun if you're not drinking I was like really oh, oh okay <laughs> so oh um, that sucks yeah it's like uh it's crazy um yeah. but yeah no it's uh, a decision that i I think I told you this already, Jess, that I, it's a, one of the best decisions I've ever, I think I've, it is the best decision I've made my entire life. And I've never yeah. been happier. Anyways, yeah. <laughs> so we're going on a tangent. Do you, do you think that moving to a different city where people don't know like the past M and, and what she used to be like, um, do you think that actually helped you stay on, on, like, or choosing to be sober. Yeah, I think so for sure. I think the people you hang out with um, make a huge impact on your decision. Um, Definitely. Even just like dating a bit here and just, um, uh, I don't know, just meeting some, some people. Like I, I knew if I, I started, like there was times when I almost a question, I'm like, am I missing out? But Mm -hmm. then I'm like, no, no you need to reevaluate, hang out with people that like support you and like make you feel good about the person you are. Yeah. Um, so, but I can definitely see, uh, and I, I see how hard it is too when people do want to like go more to like the sober lifestyle, but they're still stuck with all those same friends, um, that all drink and party Yes. Uh, because like, you're literally, you're not just breaking up with alcohol, you're breaking up with like the friend group and like, that's what you do together. And yeah, it's, it could just be so hard. But that's, but if that's all you do together, that's also like all you do together. Exactly. (laughs) Yeah. And I mean, that's fun. That's I'm like literally no judgment here. And if that's, that's where you want to go, if that's what you want your life to be about. Awesome. But Mm -hmm. if you don't, and you're looking for, you know, a deeper meaning and a deeper connection in, in your life uh just drinking is not gonna cut it like that's no. pretty like superficial right yeah no 100 yeah. yeah and it does take a lot of courage to be able to kind of break in that pack and 
Oh, definitely. Too, I hear that like it's it's not just like it's like a few people. Like a lot of people are sober curious, and even just yeah. people that are still in that lifestyle, they just like most people. I don't, I don't know if you get the same type of reactions when you just tell them that you're sober. Most of the time, it's it's a lot of curiosity, like yeah. questions about how can you possibly like not drink? It's just like can drink. <laughs> um yeah sometimes it can be like probing and like almost like pressure like I don't Mm. know trying to pressure you into drinking but I don't see that reaction as much anymore yeah but um I definitely don't get the pressure reaction because I think my response to not drinking is not like oh woe is me like I can't or I shouldn't it's like yeah no dude I'm totally good without drinking like yeah I am way cooler not drinking trust me <laughs> that's a and, thing and like, yeah. who's gonna argue with that right mm-hmm. who's gonna convince someone who feels like great in their self and feels like that they're a cooler person who's gonna try and get someone to drink who thinks that about themselves like no. no one, you would have to be an absolute idiot to try and do that. I love that perspective. It's so true and so yeah. relatable too. Cause I just, I didn't like the version of myself drinking was terrible. Like I'm just such a better person and more energetic, more like lively, yeah. can hold better conversations, um, slightly wittier. <laughs> <Not that many>. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. Love I just it. felt like, I just kind of felt, I just felt dumb. Yeah, <laughs> just like I don't yeah. know, just wasn't and just tired and not like super alert and there. It just yeah, yeah. It is a better version, a sober version. Yeah, I mean, like you said, it definitely takes courage. It, it is a brave, you know, act to kind of like go against the grain. It's not feeling so much of a strong grain anymore because, you know, there is a lot of sober and sober curious people out there. It is getting, mm-hmm. um, quote unquote, I mean, normalized or however you want to, <laughs> you want to put it. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, it's, it takes a lot of courage to, to change and to really stay committed to that. And I wanted to ask you, you know, with your running, like you run pretty intense races. Like I think your last one was like, what, eight hours long. That's (laughs) wild. (laughs) How do you find, or how do you generate, or, or I don't know, maybe it's a learned behavior, but how do you keep that commitment and that consistency? When you change your relationship with alcohol, you realize you have so many hours in the day. I love to dedicate my time to skincare, and Osea makes me and my skin feel and look like a queen. Osea's clean, vegan, and sustainable body care is a glowing choice for achieving your body care and self-care goals. Whenever I use the Andaria Algae Body Butter, people literally stop me on the street. My skin is flawless and glowing, and I love the thick and unbelievably rich texture that absorbs instantly. Skincare is a habit worth keeping all year round. Osea can help your skin have a healthy glow every day. Because let's be honest, skincare is self-care. With over 27 years of seaweed-infused products, Osea is safe on your skin and the planet. It is clean, vegan, and cruelty-free, and climate-neutral certified. 
Never choose between your values and your best skin. Start the new year fresh with clean vegan skincare and body care from Osea. Right now, we have a special discount just for our listeners. Get 10% off your first order site-wide with code ASGG at OseaMalibu.com. You'll get free samples with every order and free shipping on orders over $60. Head to OseaMalibu.com and use code ASGG for 10% off. With running? Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Um, Yeah, no, that's a great question. I, so I started running back in like 2008. Mm -hmm. Yeah, 2008. um, And I originally started running to lose weight. Okay. Just like focus on calories in, calories out. And that was kind of, it was just the mechanism, I guess, I used to help with my weight loss goals. But after I ran for a bit, yeah, and got better I was mm-hmm. really bad at first um I well, just we all are like, yeah. <laughs> yeah yeah no exactly um, anything new except yeah expect to yeah. fail <laughs> exactly um but I just I guess I fell in love with it and then mm-hmm. um I started doing like more races um after university in 2011 or 2009 I think I ran my first half marathon and then I did a triathlon that was really bad and um, I'm sorry to be on a tangent, by the way. <laughs> I love it. I love it. I, I want to hear like all the bad stories because it's actually really inspiring because that's how you keep your like commitment, right? Like to power through yeah, the shitty sure. stuff. Yeah. And now look at you. <laughs> um, yeah. So the triathlon um, was terrible. Perfect. <laughs> it was horrible. I was like, so the swimming was like drowning and then I was on a mountain bike fell like it was just it was through the mountains oh no. and I didn't I never rode a mountain bike so I like emerged out of the forest like full scraped up bush woman I'd like blood like down my legs I'm like trying to go up this mountain and <laughs> the gear on my like bike broke and then I got no. to the top anyways and then the run was like a 5k and it was, it was wonderful I'm like okay I want to stick to running anyways so um running is always for me like since I it kind of my relationship with running changed too like it was just for weight loss and then it became I guess like as I each year I progress, I find like new ways to fall in love with running or how it helps mm. me. Like I had mentioned before, like helps relieve anxiety. I like, like to say it's like my own little sanctuary, me time. It's like where I get my most creative ideas. I can like rework sentences um, and like blog posts. And um, it just helps me think through difficult situations. Like if I have a heated argument or like I'm emotionally charged, going for a run helps me um, kind of tame down the emotions make me a little bit more pragmatic when I return mm-hmm. so instead of sending the email I'm like and yeah email, go for a run first yeah totally <laughs> um, don't press send <laughs> yeah uh yeah so anyways um back in 2017 so after the half marathon I decided to just keep running so um every day since then I've I've ran um and usually an average of like five miles or 8k a day so it's been over five years now, but the reason why, just circling back to your original question, because I went on a huge tangent um, about consistency, is running for me just brings me so much in my day. It doesn't, well, like not every day I feel like going for a run. I just always feel better after mm. it and during most of the time. <laughs> um, and yeah, it's just, 
it's just something that's really stuck for me. And I guess like I kind of have that like, and this has been a bad part of my personality too, is just like this rigidity. Mm, okay. with, so, and I am like kind of a streaker in that sense. <laughs> so, <laughs> and then same with sobriety. I'm like, no, I don't want to break a day because this is, but as my run streak, I'm, I've contemplated kind of ending it because it has hindered part of my life. And, um, okay. in certain ways, uh, like I, I get sometimes anxiety if I can't fit a run in, um, yeah. like do it later in the day, but where like the sobriety streak is something that I feel like I want to just do in my lifetime and uh, the run streak may come to an end at some point in the some somewhat nearest future, nearish future. Yeah. I mean, it's, it's hard to like, I, I understand and I get like the number. A lot of people are really focused on the number and the destination, right? Like mm-hmm. get your first 30 days, like your first month, your first year. Like, I think we have also these expectations that like, okay, well, I'm going to feel better or I'm going to have like this like badge of honor or I'm going to have this experience behind me. What do you think, what do you think is fueling your running streak? Yeah, I think it just comes back to just the activity of itself and the joy of it. Okay. Um, it's just it just makes me happy. Like I just love doing it for the activity yeah. in and of itself, and um, I just do it because I want to. And that's I think yeah. that one of the keys to sustainability is that you need to have that intrinsic motivation. You have to mm. you know be internally driven. It can't be just focused on an extrinsic reward or like you know yeah. law school because that's just you know, as self-determination theory states, it's not really a sustainable way to, you know, stick with any sort of fitness regimen. It has to come from inside. You actually have to enjoy the activity you're doing. And yeah. yeah like, there is a learning curve. There is that, um, you know, that time where you can, you have to like put in some effort um, to see if you actually, and time to see if you actually enjoy the activity. But uh yeah, no, for me, um, it's just, it's totally internal. And then I do have the races too, because I like to challenge myself and, yeah. um, it helps me grow as a person. Uh, but <clears throat> yeah. Okay. It. Like people always say, Oh, I wish I could run. I wish I loved running. And I'm like, well, I hate yoga. Like <laughs> I've tried yoga so many times. I'm yeah. sorry. <laughs> but like, it's just not for me. Like I can't make it sustainable. I can't make it stick because I just, don't enjoy it. It's like, we all have our own individual interests yeah. and things that we like and running has been that thing for me. Totally. I totally get that. Yeah. Like stop trying to make things fit that, that really don't, or like mm-hmm. that you should be doing like you just because everyone is getting on the yoga train does not mean that you have to like find things that you actually enjoy doing. Mm-hmm. Exactly. which is hard. It is. It's, it's like, it's hard because it takes time. You know, it takes some patience. It takes, you know, that commitment to yourself to actually find and hold out and see if you actually like this, or if you're just doing it because your best friend likes doing it, <laughs> or mm-hmm. if you just like the re- posting your results online. I don't know. There's multiple reasons to do something. <laughs> yeah, no, exactly. But, but at the end of the day, if like you don't feel it, if you don't love it, then yeah, it's, it's a no. 
Yeah, exactly. It's a no for me. So then why are you considering breaking your running streak if you love it so much? Yeah, it's not like I'm really considering it. I just made a decision that if I, an experience comes up or an opportunity comes up where yeah. um, I may not have the chance to run, then I need to just take the day. <laughs> so okay. for example, I'll give you an example. Okay. Um, so my friend, uh, yeah. So my friend a few years ago, she asked me if I wanted to go uh, to a cabin with her on an, an island. And yeah. there was literally nowhere to run. You can't run. It was okay. Just, um, so to go, she, or to, she had, she was a, she's a great friend. She told me she would um, take the canoe, canoe me while I like to shore while I ran each morning um <laughs> I was like that's no really sweet I know she's a gem she's a gem of a human like everyone's yeah. been so supportive but like I feel like it the streak almost makes me selfish to a degree sometimes mm. because I really I have to put other people out um same with traveling it can kind of be a bit yeah. challenging as well you it's it's not you can't just have this like go with the flow attitude I'm always like oh I need to go for a run before um, sure. and even just before the flow starts I need to get on a yeah. run yeah exactly or else I'll be like um ruminating on it all day I'm like I need to do it uh, later and later so I try to do it in the morning so if I go hiking here in BC for example yeah. I'll go on like a day hike and we'll leave at like 8 a.m and I'll get up or super early I'll get my run in before the hike and whoa yeah so that's what I mean it's just okay it's like it's almost like this rigid way of living and sure. um, I just I guess I've identified with the street for so long and yeah. Um, like it, I made a part of my identity, which I think was a big, um, kind of a big mistake because it, it just, just seems like a lot of pressure. Stress. Yeah. A lot of self-imposed pressure that's unnecessary. Yeah. Um, so yeah, basically I've decided that if, and I do, I am getting like, even just some of my friends want to go on like prolonged camping trips and mm-hmm. I just might not have the opportunity to run and before I'd be so anxious and I'd have to plan meticulously, like, how am I going to get this run in? Yeah. And now I'm just like, well, I'm going to try to run every day as much as I can. But if, again, like if something comes up where I'm not able to run, I don't want to like have to miss out. I, I said no to that friend to go to that mm. cabin because of this, because of my run streak. And it would have been like a really fun little girls weekend. We would have had yeah. like a really nice time, nice chat, like yeah. in the lake. And I'm like, can't do it because I'm, I'm going to put my friend out every day, <laughs> drive me to, yeah. so, or to canoe me and then just sit there waiting for me to run like 8K. <laughs> like, no, it's so, so I don't know. That's, that's the answer. <laughs> I, I got you. Mm-hmm. I, I totally understand what you mean. I, I kind of have gotten to that point with like tennis. Like if I can't play tennis, like even a day, I definitely get anxious. I'm like, okay, well, when can I play then? Oh my God. Is this going to go away? Like I, I, it's definitely a little bit of an obsession. Yeah. (laughs) Um, I thought it started off as a healthy obsession and then maybe not because I mean, do you take it personally if you can't fulfill like a run that day? Like what is that? What is the inner chatter? of your of your head like say that that you can't go for a run today like it just doesn't work out or like actually you're on an island you're on an island and you can't run what what is like the mental chatter that's going through your mind is it personal towards you 
Um, yeah, it's like this, hmm. it's almost like this loss aversion because I've been running every day for like five years. So it's like, right. just, it's daunting thinking of like starting it from scratch again. It's just like, you, uh. you, you have so much to lose. So I'm like five years in, five years. <laughs> Damn. <laughs> so, okay. Yeah. So I think for me, and I, I call this, um, like the come down plan it's, I've had to do a lot of journaling and inner work, but basically it's like this, this acceptance, like this, like, okay, mm. this is the day, this is the time. It's like, it, it's not just me like waking up and be like, mm, I really don't feel like it today. Right. <laughs> it's going to be, it's going to be a good reason. Like I'm going to be traveling or doing something or having like a really important life experience where I'll be like, okay, yeah, this is worth it. This is worth missing a day. This is worth the street. So yeah. 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 I mean, it all comes down to like what your priorities are and it seems like you have gotten a lot from running, right? Mm-hmm. It's a huge stress relief. It's, it's, it makes you feel good about yourself. Uh, probably bu- like boost your confidence to have these like running streaks for five years. Like that's really long. Congratulations. Thank you. Um, so you know, it's like, it's also the same with alcohol, right? Like when someone Mm -hmm. is contemplating or thinking about giving up alcohol or going booze free, you know, we really have to look at what has this given me because if Mm -hmm. we don't honor like what, what we've gone from it, we don't appreciate and have gratitude for that. Then it's absolutely going to feel like a loss. Yeah. Right. It's going to feel, it's going to feel like I'm, being like ripped off that I'm not getting what I what I need but also maybe it's not the the most healthy healthiest thing for me at this time but it's gonna feel like a loss yeah exactly it's like this sense of deprivation but really it is like very mental um but it it really like if we look at it as a gift like as a like a freedom and that you can just enjoy life without it and not be like conditioned to think that we can't Mm-hmm. Like life isn't good without it, but it, in fact it is. And when we really start experiencing things that we, I don't know, we want, like when, when I used to, sorry, just to call it another slight tangent, but like, for example, when I did my 30 days, like I would avoid like parties, I would avoid all these different situations, but now sure. when I'm sober, I do all those situations. And, yeah. you know, when you leave a situation, like a part, a host party and you feel really good and you had a really great time because you like had really good chats, like that just adds to your repertoire and like confidence of the decision you totally. made is, you know, it, it's a good one and you're not, you're not really missing out on anything. No, at all. No, there's nothing to miss out on. Even if you miss a run, you're mm-hmm. there's also so much like to gain. Yeah, exactly. right. There's mm-hmm. always something to gain. Love that. Uh, M, where can we find you, and where can people buy your book? Oh, um, <laughs> so I I guess like where I engage with people the most is my Instagram. Um, okay, so my handle is at Rudo. Um, and I also, uh, blog quite a bit on my personal website, emilyrudo.com and on medium. And my book is available everywhere, um, online where books are sold, uh, Amazon, <clears throat> Indigo, Barnes and Noble, um, pretty much everywhere. And it's also available, uh, for, in, uh, in independent bookshops as well. I just give them a call and I'll, they can order it in. 
Amazing. <laughs> Thank you so much for sharing your experiences and your knowledge with us. I really appreciate it. How fantastic is M? As you can tell from Emily's story, nothing really catastrophic or quote unquote, there was no rock bottom to her story. And I think it's really important to showcase more and more stories like that because it doesn't have to be do or die. We don't have to endure this long dragged out periods of suffering uh, when we come to change our relationship with alcohol. I want us to build awareness and realize that we can make changes because they just don't work for us. And that is reason enough. That is more than enough of a reason to make a change in your life today and your relationship with alcohol. As always, thank you so much for listening. Please make sure to rate, subscribe, and leave feedbacks. We love to hear your comments about the podcast. Follow us on Facebook and Instagram at A Sober Girls Guide. And don't forget about the website. Head to asobergirlsguide.com where we have blogs, tips, tricks, our membership. We have everything you need at any stage of your journey. We got your back, girl. Thanks so much for listening and have a great day.